breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel and on the free Keel app. That, by the way, is how you can get in touch with us. Send us a, a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. Would I just completely Shreveport Security Systems had message an aneurysm. board? Yeah, that's yeah okay. I, I got it right. Mm-hmm. Um, on this leap year, once every four years. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I actually did some research because I was like, why, why, why? You know, <laughs> come on. What are we doing this for? Because do you know, periodically, they even have a leap second. What? <laughs> they, what? Every, every now and then they add a second they. Who's the infamous they? Yeah. I don't know. But they sometimes add a second to the day. Huh. But if you didn't do leap years, February 29th, Christmas would end up being in July. Oh, my. It would just keep pushing it back it and would, back? The calendar would shift by like 25 days every 100 years. So it would take a few hundred years. Right. <laughs> but summer would end up being in November. Oh, gosh. If we didn't have a leap year. So every four years we adjust with this leap day. Because it actually takes the earth 365.24 days to to go around. Okay. Mm. The the sun. So that's 365 days, 5 hours, 48 minutes, and 56 seconds for those keeping count. Interesting. And those hours actually would create enough time for one new day every four years. That's interesting. So it keeps things in line with, you know, the solstice and things like that, the equinoxes. It, it, it okay. keeps the years in line. What's an equinox? I thought that was a car. Yes. <laughs> I told you. In Northwood. We didn't talk about this at Northwood. I, I had know. to do some research now. Oh, goodness. So uh, we wouldn't have an early winter Christmas again for another 850 years if we didn't have a leap day. It would take, it would, Christmas would start okay. getting, you know, later and later until it t- turned into, into the summertime. Oh, my. That's crazy. So just I uh, a friend shared a picture yesterday. I think this little bit of an oops at some dairy of uh, a gallon of milk had an expiration date stamped on it of um, um, February thirtieth. <laughs> that milk will never expire. Yep, it said that's two, awesome. Two thirty of twenty twenty four. It's gonna never expire. That milk will never expire. Somebody forgot to change the date i guess but there's never a 30th we never have a february 30th we only have a february 29th once every four years right basically once every four years now if you were born on february 29th yeah are you four years old when you turn one i i I don't understand i know i'm being i know how does that no but but when you celebrate on march 1st you have to, yeah. You because have to celebrate. Because you can't say the 28th. Or the day before. I don't know. I don't know what you do. Poor babies. You if don't really have a birthday. somebody does have a birthday on today, February 29th, mm-hmm. yeah, hit us up on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. Ooh, I, I would be interested to know yeah, mm-hmm. how you celebrate that. That's true. That, yeah, because that, you don't really have a real day until every four years. Right. Then I guess you have a big blowout. You know, you're gonna have a, we're gonna have a party this year because it really is a February 29th <laughs> party. Like it, yeah. ain't, 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 ain't. Well, happy Leap Day! I, you know, it 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 happens. So that's that. That's why it it actually is necessary in in order to uh, keep the years in line. Okay, cool. That's so. Really there you cool. go. Your history lesson for this morning. Thanks. There is some uh, interesting news uh, taking place. Uh, uh, a Republican in Maryland wants to limit SNAP benefits 
for people buying junk food. A Republican in Louisiana. In, uh, well, this, this Andy Harris of Maryland wants to stop uh, SNAP benefits from using to buy sodas and unhealthy food. Mm, well, we have a bill proposed for the session next month that's going to do the same thing. <sighs> so we'll see. People are going to be upset. If we're, if we're spending tax dollars on families to have food, which, okay, people need help. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Not opposed to that. For people that need help, that's an entirely different discussion. But should we be paying for junk food? Shouldn't we be buying healthy food, milk and bread and eggs? There's a lot of debate about it. I know I owe Robert a million dollars now because he said one day the government's going to tell us what we can and can't buy with our... Well, you know Michelle Obama tried that a few years ago. Mm -hmm. I know. Troy, and Troy was, Romero, Republican lawmaker in, Bat- in, in uh, Baton Rouge, is now saying this will make our state healthier. But see, she wasn't even tying it to SNAP benefits. She was just trying to tell every American, you can't buy this. <sighs> yeah. I don't think we're going there. Now, see, I, there and, I, and I've told you the story. Well, you, we, we're up against the clock here. Yeah, we got uh, State Rep Raymond Cruz joining us next. The big decision on 17-year-olds and crime. Huge mm. news from Baton Rouge on that. Okay, we'll talk mm-hmm. to him next. Is that what you're saying? Micah McCarty, 1017 FM. Seven, see, it just happens like that. It happens, you did the queen is at work. 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty in with the new Republican governor, new legislature, a uh, lot of moves uh, in, in uh, the legal system. One being we're taking 17-year-olds and moving them back out of the juvenile justice system and going to uh, move them into back into the adult legal system. Mm-hmm. And uh, Representative Raymond Cruz is is one of the legislatures that's uh, aiming to make that happen. He's been working on that in Baton Rouge during the crime session that's going on now. They're in week two of the session. State Rep. Raymond Cruz, it looks like a done deal to move 17-year-olds back to the adult system. Um, that's one of the big priorities for the governor. You were working on that as well. It's now headed to his desk, right? That's correct. You got it right, Aaron. Uh, you know, we... Uh, in 2016, we voted to raise that age to 18. We let it sit five years, see what happened, and guess what? It wasn't good at all. So uh, DA, sheriffs around the state, and law enforcement were like, hey, we, we've got a 40% increase in crime among the ju- juveniles. We've got to do something. So they said, can we please go back to what we had before? So we did. How do we deal with these 17-year-olds when we move them to, let's say, for our area, CCC? Do they still have to be housed separately? What's going to be the process? Well, uh, there are some regulations out there, federal uh, rules that they try to do, uh, and they're attempting to improve this, but uh, sight and sound separation from the older uh, people and whatnot. But they're physically separated, but uh, some of our facilities are probably going to, over time, we're going to have to do some improvements or whatever. But uh, the idea is really those 17-year-olds were negatively affecting the younger people in prison. And, of course, uh, they're, they're beating up guards and they're escaping and whatnot. We, we just can't have that. We, we want to limit crime, not just uh, tailor something just to help 17-year-olds alone. We've got to help us first. Do you have any data that shows, and I'm getting a question on, the, on this front, showing that 17-year-olds in the community will benefit from this move? benefit well the primary thing we're trying to do is benefit the rest of society yes we'd like to help the 17 year olds and get them rehabilitation and whatnot but we are trying to help the rest of society in the state and you know increase tourism have people move back but right now we've got a black eye because people realize how bad crime is here our lieutenant governor told us this week that when he goes to australia to europe to anywhere out of the country to promote our state one of the big questions he gets, and it's specifically about New Orleans, 
is that um, is New Orleans still dangerous? I'm scared to come visit New Orleans. Is part of the problem these teenagers? And that's one of the big issues. New Orleans has such a black eye in the world now. Uh, absolutely. You know, the, the older people are recruiting the 17-year-olds to do the crime because they have less of a penalty. And that has really negatively affected us everywhere. Like I said, crime has exploded. The DAs were pleading with us to please help us to do something about this. Give us a tool so we can fight this crime issue because that is where the major uh, increase in crime has been is among the, the uh, juveniles. Uh, State Rep. Raymond Cruz on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, Raymond, we juveniles used to go to 16 and 17s were considered adults until when? When did that change and move them into the juvenile system? That changed uh, in 2019. I think it was April 19th, but it was 2019. And it was a result of uh, legislation passed in 2016, which, by the way, I want to remind everybody, 97 people in the House voted for that. So, People were trying. They were trying to think, well, let's put 17-year-olds up there and, and try to help them out and put in the JV system. But now they've looked at it and they're like, man, that, that did not turn out well. We've got to fix it, and this is what we're proposing. There's some that say, uh, Representative Cruz, that you know, if the DA wants to, they can already charge 17-year-olds as adults for violent crimes. This mandates it, and, and is it for all crimes? Well, it, this is... Uh, is that for all crimes, all 17-year-olds that commit a crime, that's going to be, uh, it's called a uh, delinquent act. They will be uh, charged and have to go to prison if they get convicted. But the DAs, they've always and always will have discretion in terms of, you know, what are they going to prosecute? Are they going to be successful? But the big problem has been getting them a toll charged as adults is exceedingly difficult. The DAs and uh, sheriffs I talked to said that it's very, very rare, and that's they just wanted the tool to open that up so it was something they could do instead of just, you know, uh, an extremely rare event that just people say happens but never really does. So now they're considered adults. Can a DA go back and say, I'm still going to charge them as a juvenile? Uh, or, or are they legally required to charge them now as an adult? Uh, I'm, DAs always have discretion. That's what I was trying to emphasize. They can decide to do whatever they're going to do. And that's why they're elected officials, because if we don't like the way they're prosecuting the law, we can remove them and get something else. But they had told us at the table many, many times and many, many different DAs, listen, we're not going after 17-year-olds for minor stuff. That's not the goal. We're trying to find people that are uh, going towards a life of crime and try to stem that early on and stop that and not let them progress into a life of crime. We want to get them early. And those that have already gone down that path of serious uh, crime, we want to stop them, and we want to put them behind the bars. There are also going to be folks that say, uh, Representative Cruz, that a 17-year-old is really still a baby, and they, you know, they, don't we want to have compassion for them and, and try to help them change their life? You're saying a lot of them have already done many crimes prior to this. Well, you got to think about 17-year-olds today, first of all. There are some very big ones. They're mature enough to make some very serious crimes. And I think anybody who's a teacher in that profession can see kids' minds change over time. And initially, it's very small and, and minor offenses, but they rapidly go into more mature things and more make more mature and bad decisions as they get older. That's just humanity. That's how we are. Yes, we'd like to help 17-year-olds not pick that life of crime, but like I said on the floor yesterday, really, we've got to change some culture in the state before we can really stop that. And that starts with making sure we have intact families and fathers are present. But in the meantime, we've got to protect everybody else. We've got to get the, the criminals off the street. And we've got, we, we do have programs I wanted to mention in a lot of these facilities, and some of them are very good. Uh, someone mentioned to me and uh, reminded me that we've got a, a drug rehab program in the Bossier system that has been enormously sex successful and nationally recognized. Those are the kind of things that we need to get. I know there'll be more legislation in the regular session to address these issues, but in the meantime, we've got to help the state. But like you said, you've got to reach them in order to change the 17-year-olds. You've got to reach them before they turn 17. That's for sure. And, you know, a lot of people pointed out in testimony that the programs in the, uh, the juvenile facilities 
really aren't appropriate to the 17-year-olds. You know, they have a different set of interests, a different mind, and they're looking more for certification and, you know, get their high school diploma or whatever. And a lot of that is better done in the adult facility anyway. Can our juvenile lockups do a better job of reaching these younger kids that are 14, 15, of getting them better prepared to enter society and do better when they're released? I don't think anybody will ever argue we can't do a better job about something. Uh, and, and I'm full for that. I'm 100% behind it. Matter of fact, I think you can see from that 2016 passage that the, the vast majority of people are supportive of that idea. But sometimes the idea just doesn't pan out, out the way you hope. So we're going to have to come up with a different way to, to reach these younger ones and get programs in the correctional facilities. Raymond Cruz, one more question, and I know this isn't the, the elephant in the room, and a lot of people will say this, uh, you know, on a lot of these subjects, that in a lot of these cases, these young men grew up, and I'm talking about young teenage boys, grew up with no father figure in their home. Are y'all working on anything that can help address that? And, and can you? I mean, can a legislature do anything about right. that? How do you, right. How do you legislate a man has to stay and raise his children. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a wonderful question. And I tell you, we've pondered that on both sides of the aisle frequently is just how can you do that with law? Or are we just going to have to do a better job to our churches and schools and whatnot to just encourage men to be men, to step up and to really recognize parenthood is a blessing. It's a fantastic opportunity. Yes, it's a great responsibility, but I don't think anything's more rewarding. State Representative Raymond Cruz, I know you got a meeting to run into. We appreciate you joining us this morning. Hey, thank you all. Thanks for getting the word out, and I appreciate everything you do. You bet. Thank you. 1017 FM, 710 Keel Aaron's News coming up next. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Happy Leap Day if your birthday is February 29. Happy mm-hmm. birthday. You get one, one about once every four years. Yep, you sure do. We're going to do something. You just, you suggested this just during the break. That this is Mike's idea. Okay. <laughs> we haven't done this since I've been here. Oh, we haven't. Okay. Uh, no, not since I've been here. Mm-hmm. Other than our guests. But we're actually going to open the phone lines. Yep. The number is 725 5335. 725 Keel. Sorry, Ruben. Um, today is Sheriff Steve Prater's last day. Right. As sheriff. Uh, you want to send a thank you message to the sheriff. Now's your chance to actually be live on the radio. We don't need a long two minute speech. Just, nope, just hey, yeah. this is Jim Bob from wherever. Thank you, Sheriff. You're a good old boy. Sheriff Prater yeah. delivered me when I yeah. was. A- <laughs> On an emergency I lo- call. I would love that call. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Has he delivered babies, you I think? don't know. I, he's been in law enforcement a long time. 50 years. Since so the, the early 70s. Mm-hmm. The number is 725-5335. It's 725-KEEL. We do have a delay, so you're you're not going to be able to turn your radio up. You're going to have to turn your radio down. When Ruben puts you through, you'll know you're live on the air. Uh, we could get in trouble for this. Ruben, you got your fingers ready. He's ready. Okay. Yeah, my finger is on the button right now. 725-5335. If you have a message for Steve Prater, his last day as sheriff is today. By the way, you've got a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. Bayrat, I love you, man. Bahrain this weekend. <laughs> F1. Bayrat, how bad I am I? I already watched the pre-show weekend. Wow. Warm-up show on F1 TV. Yeah. Wow. Your call's wow. next on 71 Keel. What? It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. More breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. We haven't done this since we've gotten our new phone number, by the way, 725 Keel. Uh, mm-hmm. We're opening the phone line, something we haven't done since I've been here. Uh, for listeners to call in, today is Sheriff Steve Prater's final day in office mm-hmm. as Sheriff of Caddo Parish. Yep. 
uh, served honorably for many, many years. I think DJ is on the phone with this. DJ, good morning. Hey, good morning, Aaron and uh, Ruben. Good morning. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to tune in just to thank Sheriff Prater. Yeah, he's definitely a long-serving gentleman, a friend of mine. I worked with him on the police department in the 90s, although he didn't birth me, but he was more like a midwife, I guess. <laughs> Any funny Prater story? Um, there's many. Um, but I know you guys want to keep it short, but I, I'll just say this. Um, there was difficult times in the 90s. Um, Sheriff Prater stepped up. Well, at that time, he was chief. And um, helped organize what was uh, called SLIU and also um, Director Patrol. And if you look back during those very um, difficult years, we were very effective in addressing the truck crime issue as a director patrol and uh, just a progressive patrol effort mm-hmm. to uh, satisfy the needs of the people at that time. So no funny story, just uh, just was um, fortunate this morning to tune in early enough to, to catch you guys on this live uh, event. Thank you, DJ. DJ. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. 1017 FM 710 Keel. Our phone line is open this morning, 725 Keel on Sheriff Steve Prater's final day in office. Ruben Ruben's throwing things at us now. He <laughs> says, well, this is not what I what I signed up He's for. In, the phone's like, going crazy the, the now. The blue light is just just <laughs> Just be patient. If you get an open line, hold on. He'll get to you. Just let it ring because he'll put you on hold. Yeah, because we don't do this every day. We've got Derek on the line right now with a story. Derek, good morning. Good morning, guys. First off, I love your show, of course. I listen every morning. Thank you, sir. uh, Thank you. A quick story about Sheriff Steve. Uh, My youngest son's autistic, and it was his birthday probably seven years ago, and uh, I called up Sheriff Steve. I said, look, my youngest son loves the Sheriff's Department. Oh. And we live in Blanchard, and uh, I would love for him to tour your substation. Sheriff Steve, he went all out. I mean, John Dakota rode in the armored tank. He got to meet the the, the canine wow. dog. Yeah. and uh, That makes me tear up. Oh, man. Uh, but at the very end, uh, the Captain Dunn said, just get your truck and get your boy in there and just meet us at the Stoner Launch on the Red River. I said, why? He said the sheriff's boat's out there. He's going on a boat ride with the sirens on and everything. Wow. Wow. So Sheriff Freighter, an unbelievable man. And, God, I love him. I love y'all. And I'm going to miss Sheriff Freighter. Oh, thank you, Derek. Appreciate you calling in. What a great call. Thank you so much. Phone number 725-5335. We never got, do uh, this. Oh, no, we never do. We got <laughs> Cynthia on the line. Cynthia? Cynthia, good morning. Do you have a great Steve Freighter story? I do. Hi, Mike. Hi, Aaron. Uh, Cynthia with the dog park. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, he helped us get our dog park on the riverfront, and he painted a picture called Glover's Travels (laughs) that depicts dogs tying down Cedric Glover as if he was a Gulliver. And we were able to auction off prints of those and raise a lot of money to get our dog park, and I have the original. Oh, man. People don't realize Prater did it. Prater. Glover's tried. That's so clever. Yes, that was a big fight to that dog park with with uh, Mayor Glover. No doubt about it. Um, Prater's last day is today as sheriff. If you're just joining us, um, he's taking a, he's taking a position with the state pardon board, and he can't serve in both capacities. So he's stepping down today. Uh, he'll take over the pardon board. Um, you know, after this, Cynthia, thanks for calling. Uh, he will be missed. Thank Abs- you. Absolutely. Our number, since uh, it's been changed, 725 Keel. We've uh, actually opened the phone lines because that's how much we love Steve Prater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want, just want to give him a thank you and say, uh, say how much we appreciate Sheriff Prater, uh, he is going to be deeply missed. Imagine, started in law enforcement as a patrol officer with SPD 1973. 50 plus years. I believe he was elected sheriff in 99. Wow. And we've had a couple of scaredy cats who who don't want to go on the air. Oh, they don't? uh, But they have, uh, you know, they're they're wishing him the best and saying that Caddo Parish will not be the same. Yeah, that's for for sure. Now, we have a a sheriff's election going on now. Uh, John Nicholson, Henry Whitehorn. March 23rd is the election to replace Prater. 
he decided not to run for re-election because of he cited health concerns. Health, right. But he told us it's pretty minor and it's you know he's taking care of it. But he's going to retire from law enforcement and take the spot on the pardon board. But it's interesting to me that one candidate won't come on this show and won't address this audience. Make of that what you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't understand that, and and I'm you know I'm I'm still going to try. We're, we'll continue to try. I'm going to miss Prater. I mean, he's he's been such a force in this community. Now, he's still going to live here. He doesn't have to move to Baton Rouge. Right. He's still going to be here. If you want to talk about Steve Prater, you got a story, or maybe you just want to say thanks, 725-5335 is our phone just number. Just for a couple more minutes. Mm-hmm. We, we have a couple of people uh, chickening out, calling in, and then hanging up. I guess they're okay. nervous. We got one coming in now. Hang bring on. It in. Bring it in now. <laughs> We got a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. Uh, Louisiana Gigi says, Mike and Aaron owe Reuben 10 pounds of crawfish. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. Now, remind you, turn your radio down because we are on a delay. And if you leave the radio up while it'll you're on confusing. the air, you will hear yourself bouncing back and it'll confuse you. So you got to turn your radio down and just listen to old Ruby. We got Brett on the line. Hi, Brett. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Good morning. I worked on the police department with Sergeant Steve Prater and then Chief Prater. Wow. Always worked um, downtown in the north part of town. And just my little story is it was about 530 in the morning. We had a guy breaking into cars down near the casinos and we were chasing him through the cars. And I remember this guy came out in a in a gray Ford pickup truck and jumped out and helped us handcuff this guy. And I wanted to thank him until I realized it was the chief on his way home from working out, working out at the YMCA downtown. So, wow. you know, that was a, that was the kind of guy he was. He was, um, out there with us and, you know, we, um, we lost some officers and had some problems. I knew he understood because he had been there with us. So he was just a, a really good leader. He held, he held us to a high standard, but we didn't mind. He was like one of the guys said he was he was one of us. He just happened to be the chief. Well, that, mm. that's a pretty high compliment. That really is, and and served well as chief of police in Shreveport until his like yes, I'm sure did. SPD missed him when he left. You know, because we went Absolutely. through a few chiefs after that. Brett, that's an amazing we did. story. We did. Thanks we did. for calling Thanks. in. Thank you, All Brett. Right. 725 Keel is our, our new number since we've opened the phone lines. Uh, if you uh, just want to say thank you, today is Sheriff Steve Prater's final day mm-hmm. as Sheriff of Caddo Parish, and he is going to be deeply missed, as right. you can tell. He is taking a position on the pardon board. He was asked by Governor Landry if he would. He thought about it for a little while and then realized, yeah, I can still have an impact, and so I'm going to do it. We're still going to have him on the air every now and then, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. He's, he's gold on the air. Oh, he's not going away. <laughs> Definitely not going away. So, Oh, we, I, I we think want, we got a big one coming okay, in. Hang on. Okay. We want to wish him all the best. Um, he's got to step down, stepping onto the pardon board. Um, his chief criminal deputy has taken over. Jay Long Jay has taken Long, over yeah. interim. On the and we interim. had Jay Long in here a, few, a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. with uh, with Steve when Steve came in. Yeah, you bet. Absolutely. And, uh, we have a good friend on the uh, on the line here. Oh, <laughs> good morning. Morning. I don't know who this is yet. Good morning, Mike and Aaron. It's Scott Hughes. Oh, hey, Scott. <laughs> Scott. Good morning. I know you know Prater well. I do. I want to just congratulate Steve on good service. And you were asking for stories. I'll tell you my favorite Steve Prater story. It happened years ago, yeah, right after your, Jim, Jim McCrary had actually just um, had, had a small margin of victory, actually, for Congress, which kind of signaled to us that McCrary was not going to run for Congress again in the future. And I ended up being on a plane the next morning with Steve Prater. And I asked him, are you going to run for Congress? And he told me then, like, 20 years ago, sheriff is the job I want. It's the last political job I'll have, and he honored that. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. Scott, thanks thanks for calling in. We appreciate that. Congrats to Steve. Thank you all. Absolutely. We got another one, Ruby? Going to be missed. Yes, we absolutely have uh, Jeremy on the line. Hi, Hi. Jeremy. Good morning. Thanks for calling Keel. Good morning. Uh, I've got a little personal story about Steve. I actually went to school with his son, and we, uh, and his son and I showed livestock together. So we spent many a times riding around in the truck talking about livestock, and I just want to uh, thank him for his continued uh, participation and support of the local livestock community with 4-H and all that he's done for the kids there. He uh, 
make contributions every year to their uh, junior livestock auction and the um, kids of the scholarship program. So I want to thank him for that involvement. Uh, my daughter's been a been a factor of that for several years now, and I, I just can't uh, tell him enough how much we appreciate his uh, continued support. Yeah, 50 years in law enforcement. Jeremy, thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Thanks. You bet. And it looks like we're going to be wrapping it up with Phil. Phil, okay. Phil, cool. good morning. Thanks for calling Keel. Good morning, guys. It's a pleasure. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so much going to miss uh, the sheriff because, quite frankly, when I know he's going to be on your program in the morning, I can only imagine your ratings go through the roof and your numbers increase like crazy. Because this personal snark <laughs> and his, his get right after it and doesn't hold back his thoughts in any which way, shape, or form uh, is re- not only refreshing, uh, but it proves that our local law enforcement professionals have someone to look up to and to understand what integrity is all about. Mm. And, 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 and Sheriff Steve is a man that you hope that we can have our young people uh, uh, admire and, and and look up to 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 be just like him. Well, thank you, Phil. And that's we're, what I hope for my pre- children. Appreciate that's it. That's a great call. An, thank you so much. We're try to squeeze in another call this yeah. morning. Appreciate you calling. Thanks. Seven two five five three three five is the number. I think Ruben is working. We're going to squeeze another caller in. Uh, Sheriff Steve Prater's last day on the job is today. Tomorrow he takes over as a member of the state pardon board. We've got another uh, listener on the fo- on hold. We got Roy. 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 Hey. Good morning. Thank you for calling. Good morning. I can just say that I appreciate Mr. Prater so much. I got a little story that back years ago somebody said that. He was in LSU, and he kept watching that Make My Day movie over and over and over. Finally, his roommate came in. He said, "Uh, Steve, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to Shreveport. I'm going to be a cop. So now look where he's at. Wow. After watching that Make My Day movie, Clint Eastwood. He just... Clint Eastwood, he just kept watching oh, it. Dirty Harry himself. <laughs> Dirty Harry. Got you. Now I'm going to be a cop, and he is. And he is a wonderful man. Wow. And he served with honor for over 50 years. Thank you for your call yes, this sir. morning. Yes, sir. Thank we you. Appreciate it. Going to be missed. Sheriff Steve Prater, final day in office today. Uh, we love you. Going to miss you. And uh, we hope to talk with you next hour. Mike and McCarty, 1017FM710Keel.com. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. On the way in this morning, I heard uh, a report. We talked yesterday about Wendy's introducing surge pricing. Uh, if you're not familiar with surge pricing, it's quite common, like uh, some of the uh, car services, Uber and Lyft, mm-hmm. when uh, when they have busier times, the, they raise their rates through the app. And uh, Wendy's apparently was going to digital message, I mean, digital uh, menu boards in 2025, which will allow them to easily change the menu board. Mm-hmm. So you can change pricing. Sure. And so like during lunch... Their their chicken sandwich goes from two thirty nine to two ninety nine or mm-hmm. something, and uh, I heard the report this morning that said, "Well, not quite what we had mind." mind. <laughs> not they, they said they were never intending to do that. That they were not moving to surge pricing, just. Um, Something else, some other kind of pricing. I think they got the, so much kickback I, I on think social exactly media what that people said that we're gone. Right now, they're saying it's this other kind of pricing where they lower the prices. <laughs> like you know how Sonic has that happy hour for drinks okay, or something. Sure, that they're going to lower prices during slow hours uh-huh. in an attempt to get people to come in. That's what they're saying now. Pull this leg and it plays yeah. jingle bells. I got one more message for Steve, real quick. Sure, before we wrap this hour. Just tuned in from working out, missed the chance to call in. But while he was chief, we all cringed when we heard Car One, Car One is the chief, ask for assistance or to have a unit come get a drunk driver. He was always out cruising the streets being a cop. 
This is wow. from uh, Jim Talaferro, Shreveport City Council member, who was a police officer uh, under Chief Prater when he was chief of police. He just did. He says he did so many cool things as chief. So um, uh, we, last can, day, we can do a whole, an entire oh, show. Ruben could answer the phone for another hour chief, if we yes. left if we left the lines open. Chief Prater and mm -hmm. Sheriff Prater. I have tried to get in touch with Prater. I'm hoping I'm gonna call him back here in a minute and see um, if if he can squeeze us in. But he's busy, busy today. He's doing a lot of sure. farewell type meetings and all that kind of. I guess he's got to sign some paperwork too, <laughs> if you if you got to get your retirement all done. He's got to sign some stuff, I'm sure. Fox News coming up next. Mike and McCarty, one hundred one seven F. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and I'm very excited. I'm very honored. A little apprehensive. <laughs> we but pumped. look, this is not the last time we no, are going to be talking no. to Steve Prater. This is the last time we're going to be talking with Caddo Parish Sheriff Steve Prater. Mm -hmm. Steve, good That's morning. Right. Unless I decide to run in four years. <laughs> hey, an exclusive. <laughs> we'll have to see how things go. But uh, anyway, it's good talking to you. Yes, sir. Okay. Look, look, Aaron's going to be gone here in a couple of weeks, so I'm going to bring you in. I want you to come in and guest host with me. I'll do it. Some, I'm liable to be. I'm liable to be less filtered than I usually am. That's what I'm counting on. We're we're hoping for that, uh, Steve. <laughs> and I I promise, Steve Prater. Let me say this out front, so you don't we don't be real. He doesn't want to talk about Steve Prater. He didn't want to talk about retiring. He didn't want to. We had to talk convince him. him to come on the air because yeah. he didn't want to do that. He doesn't want to make this about him. And we twisted his arm and convinced him that uh, let's talk about what you're doing. You're moving to a yeah. new. It's it's a whole new arena for you. You're tell us how it came about that the governor asked you to serve on the state pardon and parole board. How did that all happen? Well, it it came out of the blue. I wasn't expecting it at all. And I uh, wasn't talking to him about it or anything, and and uh, it just it just happened. And I figured it'd be a good way to go from 200 miles an hour to 100 miles an hour, and and your same thing that you're passionate about, and and that's protecting victims and and criminal justice. And you know, some folks think that uh, oh, Prater's on the parole board. You know, I've heard. In fact, I've gotten a couple calls that is ruined some people. <laughs> it's. It, <laughs> Is that on my phone? No, that was me. I'm uh, laughing because I'm, I'm I'm understanding okay. what people are saying to you. <laughs> yeah, they're saying that, and uh, and, I, and you know, and I'm saying I'm trying to explain to them that you know there are people that that maybe need to be paroled. I'll have an open mind and uh, that sort of thing. But the governor put me on there for a purpose, and and I'll do what's do what's right, and 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 that's that's it. Now, sheriff, there's talk about eliminating parole. On some cases, how how will that affect you and the parole board? Well, it would just be for those moving forward, those that were convicted under the old law and all of that business is, you know, uh, they're still entitled to the same benefit that they were convicted under. And so, uh, you know, there was, there's still going to be a need for the parole board and the pardon board for quite some time. And so uh, I, I, I don't know. And I don't know how that... that uh, Legislation is going through. I think it's. I think it's uh, sailing right through. Just about everything he wanted is. I was going to ask you the 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 seventeen year olds moving back to the adult jail is something that has, it looks like it's on his uh, the way to his desk. Uh, something you've been right. pushing for, and uh, it looks like that's going to be a done deal. That'll impact sheriffs right. all across the state, huh? That that have jails. Right. Those are. That's some of the things that are that are. It uh, looks like they're going to go through. A lot of the rollbacks on justice reinvestment is going to go through. The things that I've been pushing since 2017, while the past governor got mad at me, uh, you know, trying to stand up for victims rather than criminals. And it looks like it's going to go through. Many of those things were the the package that was formulated by the uh, transition team, the crime transition team, when we met in Lafayette, you know, several times. And, and so uh, it, it looks like looks like our state is going to become safer. Check Cattle uh, Parish Sheriff Steve Prater on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline with us this morning. Uh, Sheriff, you don't have to move to Baton Rouge, although you're going to be on the pardon board. You'll still be able to be here in Cattle Parish, close to home. And that's correct. And now some of what I'm going to tell you now is is 
what I understand, and it might be the com- not the complete truth, but it's my understanding that once uh, once a month we'll be going to bat. I'll be going to Baton Rouge, and we'll have pardon board hearings and uh, clemency and pardon board uh, matters, and then many of the parole matters you can handle teleconferencing or Zoom, uh, so those can be handled from from the house or from your office or wherever you might be. And so that, that'll that work out very well. If you work, uh, it's considered a full-time job. As a matter of fact, that's the way it's listed. Now, you're going to go down there next week. You're going to be touring some jails. Is that kind of the, how you first get your feet wet to see what what we do? Right. You have a, a 40-hour training session, is my understanding, and in order to serve. And there's five of us on the board. And, and uh, the 40 hours, uh, of course, most of that or a lot of that would be maybe for a layman that's never heard some of the terms and, and never been to any of the state prisons. And so uh, the whole board will be training next week. And so I'll be down there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. What kind of impact do you think Steve Prater will have on our pardon board? Well, they'll, uh, especially especially as it relates to crimes against uh, law enforcement first responders. They'll understand what it's like when you go to the scene and, and you have to be the one that sees the body, the one that has to go tell the parents that somebody's killed their child. Uh, you, you know, they'll hear from me about how difficult that is. Um, and, of course, you know, that's, that, that's sort of that aspect. I'll be, like I say, taken up strictly for the, for the victims, uh, which has been kind of missing for a long time you've been in law enforcement since 1973 i know we're going to wrap it up because i know you don't want this to be a steve prater love fest um what is your message to residents of shreveport and caddo parish today uh just uh hang in there i think it's going to get better it's going to take us all we got to uh we, we've got to get gun crimes prosecuted we got to get criminals arrested and more importantly kept in jail when they need to be in jail Get good sentences. Get victims to know what um, what exactly what the sentence is for the uh, perpetrators of the crimes when they hurt them, and all of that's going to come together. And I think it's you know I feel really good about the criminal justice system in Louisiana that we've taken a good turn. And uh, hang in there, and and most importantly, thank everybody for everything you've done over the years for me. Cattle Parish Sheriff Steve Prater, you've been not only a, a friend to this program for years, uh, but you've been a friend to every resident of Cattle Parish, and uh, even, even your own deputies speak nothing but highly of you. What is your message to your your deputies and staff as you depart today? Well, hang in there, and uh, uh, when you die and go to heaven, you're probably going to be disappointed after having worked for me. <laughs> rare form he's in rare form you want to keep you want to keep listening uh steve because coming up next uh supreme court justice scott creighton's got a few prater stories that i'm hearing he might uh unleash so you you might want to stick around thank you sir okay we appreciate everything steve thank you you so much good luck best of luck to you thank you very much 1017 fm 710 keel mike and mccarty with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Louisiana Supreme... Wait, our favorite Louisiana Supreme Court Justice, well, Scott you. Creighton. <laughs> Just- well, I, I, I am so glad, Mike, that you got that right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm so glad to be with you. By phone. Uh, you um, you go back with Steve Prater, and and Prater does not want this to be about him today. He just he just wants to do his paperwork, and but he's not on. Uh, yeah, he um, but you go back with him to when you guys were probably in your twenties, uh, maybe that, early thirties. That, that is correct. He's he's a little bit older than I am, not by much, but I met him uh, forty over over 40 years ago and uh, i was a young uh whippersnapper assistant district attorney uh uh, starting out with uh traffic prosecution Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know i worked my way up Aaron, from from failure to yield to capital murder over about 10 years but i met i met steve back in in about 1982 81 or 82 
And uh, what what I recognized about him then was, of course, he was a kind of a rank and file Shreveport police officer, and he worked in in several divisions. Uh, but but uh, he he caught my attention because he was really one of those officers that uh, was always prepared. You know, when he came in for a warrant or when he was when he was subpoenaed to testify in a case, he came in prepared on on time, prepared, and could thoroughly uh, discuss the case. Not every officer did that back back at that time. So uh, he was one that I didn't have to really. Uh, talked to a whole lot before I put him on the stand. He knew the case backwards and forwards and was there and ready to go. Always professional and uh, succinct in his testimony. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, I'd say succinct, uh, kind of unlike me. <laughs> you're, you're your favorite Sorry. sheriff. You have, you have said over and over, what, what makes him um, so good at what he does? We all know he's a friendly guy and can tell a joke and is good in a crowd, but... He just he he does right. He does the right thing. It seems when whenever he's got a choice. Well, he does, and you know his his uh, his reelection uh, uh, words were tough on crime, careful with your money, and <laughs> you you really can't sum up a sheriff better than that because the sheriff has has uh, several obligations. You know, one of which is the you know ex officio tax collector, which I think he didn't like much, but. But uh, he is tough on crime, careful with with our money, and he runs a good a good uh, law enforcement office, you know, much like he did as chief of police for Shreveport Police and and Caddo Sheriff's Office. Uh, he's just very thorough, and he has really good. He has really, in addition to being smart, he's, he's he has really good street sense. Mm-hmm. You know, he, can you can you recall a Prater story that you can share on the air? I know there may be a few you can't. But are there a couple? Are there a couple you can share on the air with us? Uh, I'd have to think about that. I might have to get back to you on what I can. Because <laughs> you, you you've seen him socially, and you've you've done things socially with him. I would assume too. We have we have uh, visited. We have uh, gone out to dinner. Our wives are friends. Uh, uh, his wife Carolyn and my wife Susie both in the Shreveport Garden Study Club together and. And we have uh, the the four of us have uh, socialized, uh, and and uh, you know w- one thing that caught my attention about him from the very beginning. I'm I'm sort of recollecting this as we speak because you gave me like uh, one minute to get ready for this. <laughs> but it, thank you, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> I'm good at that. Welcome to my world, <laughs> Mike. Mike, you have a, you have a, you have a, you have a tough job. Anyway, but but uh, I, I love y'all really do. I listen to y'all whenever I can. Uh, you know, he caught the he caught the Highland rapist, Aaron. You may recall back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. You know, there was this guy that, that would that would uh, break into women's houses in the Highland neighborhood and rape and rape them and not kill them, but rape them and and torture them. And uh, and he he was the guy. Steve Prater was the guy who, on a stakeout with other officers, caught the Highland rapist. And I thought, man, I mean, that's 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 powerful. There, his heart is in law enforcement. It is. He is a true law enforcement guy. I think. I think he, he goes back to the. I, I believe the the late seventies, or maybe the mid seventies. Uh, uh, under the under the Dartois administration, which we we won't talk about that. But, right, right. Seventy three. He was he started in seventy three. Yeah, so he was he would have been in the Dartois uh, uh, t- the time when Dartois was commissioner of public safety, which of course in retrospect is ironic. But but uh, but that even they, speaks even more to his character. Uh, we're talking with Justice Scott Creighton. Scott, there are the bulk of police officers. On, on the streets, men and women are good people working hard to protect us. But you have to say there was something different about Steve Prater, even, a, even as a patrol officer. And we've heard stories about as chief, he would get out with his officers. There's just something oh, yeah. different about him. There is something different about it because it's in his heart. It's in his heart. You've got to have the passion and you've got to have the dedication it comes from the heart, and he has that. Not everybody, not everybody does. 
and uh, it comes naturally to him. And and you you mentioned Aaron that he's he's uh, he can he's pretty funny guy. Well, he spoke at my production ceremony back in nineteen. I'm sorry, what, uh, back in uh, nine, <laughs> back, back, I'm so old, I, I'm forgetting my day. <laughs> sorry, uh, back, back in 2014, I was I was going to be sworn in uh, that day in December to take office January 1 of uh, 2015. So uh, in at, at, uh, I had a little induction ceremony at uh, Caddo District Court, where which is my home away from home for 24 years. And, and there, I had four speakers. Okay, mm-hmm. and 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 Steve Steve insisted on being a speaker. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted him to give the pledge of allegiance, and he said, "No, I'll, <laughs> uh, I'll give the I will give the pledge of allegiance, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to say a whole lot more about that. Oh boy! And and uh, and and, uh, and, I, and he says, "I want I'm going to speak, whether you like it or not, pretty much." And, and so he did. And out of my four speakers, and well, actually, out of my four speakers plus me, plus my moderator, plus anybody else, he stole the show. He totally eclipsed the whole <laughs> because he was so good. He mm-hmm. was so funny. He told a he told a joke that uh, uh, regarding ju- judges, and um, anyway, it, it was it was appropriate. It was borderline appropriate. <laughs> It, it was now that I think about it, Mike, borderline, borderline yeah. approach. Yes, uh, but but very funny, and everybody left left there not talking about me, right? <laughs> but talking about Steve Prater, and 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 uh, it, it was his delivery. He could be a stand-up comedian if yeah. you wanted to. His delivery, his timing. I didn't know what he was going to say. I was on needles and pins because I had the whole, I had this whole whole Supreme Court there. With the chief justice, you know, administering the oath, I uh, thought it was a, I thought it was a big deal, but but Steve was a little bit a little bit less formal and 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 told a joke and it was it was funny. Our, our last about- our last minute, we're up against the clock here. What is your message, Always. Justice Scott Creighton, to Sheriff Steve Prater on his final day? Job well done. Job extremely well done. It could not have been done any better any better uh and i had the pleasure to i must i'll speed this up here i had the pleasure to swear him in to office at least four times maybe five times and it was an honor for me to do that because i believe in him so his he could not have done any better he was truly he was really uh truly tough on crime and careful with our money that's what we want of our public elected officials he's done a tremendous job for Caddo parish can't say it any better than that. You bet. Uh, Justice Creighton, thank you so much for your time this morning on short notice. Well, like very short. Thank you. <laughs> glad, to, glad to be with you. We appreciate it, my friend. My favorite Supreme Court justice. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Job well done. 1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Earlier this morning, we spoke with uh, State Representative Raymond Cruz about moving 17-year-olds back out of the juvenile system into the adult legal system, which is how it used to be. We'll hear what he has to say right after the break. Mike and McCarty, 1017FM710Keel.com. Breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty in with the new Republican governor, new legislature, a lot of moves uh, in in the the legal system. One being we're taking 17-year-olds and moving them back out of the juvenile justice system and going to uh, move them into back into the adult legal system. Mm-hmm. And uh, Representative Raymond Cruz is, is one of the legislatures that's uh, aiming to make that happen. He's been working on that in Baton Rouge during the crime session that's going on now. They're in week two of the session. State Rep. Raymond Cruz, it looks like a done deal to move 17-year-olds back to the adult system. Um, that's one of the big priorities for the governor. You were working on that as well. It's now headed to his desk, right? That's correct. You got it right, Aaron. Uh, you know, we 
Uh, in 2016, we voted to raise that age to 18. We let it sit five years, see what happened, and guess what? It wasn't good at all. So uh, DA, sheriffs around this state, and law enforcement were like, hey, we, we've got a 40% increase in crime among the ju juveniles. We've got to do something. So they said, can we please go back to what we had before? So we did. How do we deal with these 17-year-olds when we move them to, let's say, for our area, CCC? Do they still have to be housed separately? What's going to be the process? Well, uh, there are some regulations out there, federal uh, rules that they try to do, uh, and they're attempting to improve this, but uh, sight and sound separation from the older uh, people and whatnot. But they, they're physically separated, but uh, some of our facilities are probably going to, over time, we're going to have to do some improvements or whatever. But uh, the idea is really those 17-year-olds were negatively affecting the younger people in prison. And, of course, uh, they're, they're beating up guards and they're escaping and whatnot. We, we just can't have that. We, we want to limit crime, not just uh, tailor something just to help 17-year-olds alone. We've got to help us first. Do you have any data that shows, and I'm getting a question on, the, on this front, showing that 17-year-olds in the community will benefit from this move? Benefit? Well, the primary thing we're trying to do is benefit the rest of society. Yes, we'd like to help the 17-year-olds and get them rehabilitation and whatnot, but we are trying to help the rest of society in the state and, you know, increase tourism, have people move back. But right now we've got a black eye because people realize how bad crime is here. Our lieutenant governor told us this week that when he goes to Australia, to Europe, to anywhere out of the country to promote our state, one of the big questions he gets, and it's specifically about New Orleans, is that um, is New Orleans still dangerous? I'm scared to come visit New Orleans. Is part of the problem these teenagers? And that's one of the big issues. New Orleans has such a black eye in the world now. Uh, absolutely. You know, the, the older people are recruiting the 17-year-olds to do the crime because they have less of a penalty. And that has really negatively affected us everywhere. Like I said, crime has exploded. The DAs were pleading with us to please help us to do something about this. Give us a tool so we can fight this crime issue because that is where the major uh, increase in crime has been is among the, the uh, juveniles. Uh, State Rep. Raymond Cruz on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, Raymond, we juveniles used to go to 16 and 17s were considered adults until when? When did that change and move them into the juvenile system? That changed uh, in 2019. I think it was April 19th, but it was 2019. And it was a result of uh, legislation passed in 2016, which, by the way, I want to remind everybody, 97 people in the House voted for that. So, People were trying. They were trying to think, well, let's put 17-year-olds up there and, and try to help them out and put in the JV system. But now they've looked at it and they're like, man, that, that did not turn out well. We've got to fix it, and this is what we're proposing. There's some that say, uh, Representative Cruz, that you know, if the DA wants to, they can already charge 17-year-olds as adults for violent crimes. This mandates it, and, and is it for all crimes? Well, it, this is... Uh, is that for all crimes, all 17-year-olds that commit a crime, that's going to be, uh, it's called a uh, delinquent act. They will be uh, charged and have to go to prison if they get convicted. But the DAs, they've always and always will have discretion in terms of, you know, what are they going to prosecute? Are they going to be successful? But the big problem has been getting them a charged as adults is exceedingly difficult. The DAs and uh, sheriffs I talked to said that it's very, very rare, and that's they just wanted the tool to open that up so it was something they could do instead of just, you know, uh, an extremely rare event that just people say happens but never really does. So now they're considered adults. Can a DA go back and say, I'm still going to charge them as a juvenile? Uh, or, or are they legally required to charge them now as an adult? Uh, I'm... DAs always have discretion. That's what I was trying to emphasize. They can decide to do whatever they're going to do, and that's why they're elected officials, because if we don't like the way they're prosecuting the law, we can remove them and get something else. But they had told us at the table many, many times and many, many different DAs, listen, we're not going after 17-year-olds for minor stuff. That's not the goal. We're trying to find people that are uh, going towards a life of crime and try to stem that early on and stop that and not let them progress into a life of crime we want to get them early and those that have already gone down that path of serious 
uh, crime, we want to stop them and we want to put them behind the bars. There are also going to be folks that say, uh, Representative Cruz, that a 17-year-old is really still a baby and they, you know, they don't we want to have compassion for them and and try to help them change their life you're saying a lot of them have already done many crimes prior to this well you got to think about 17 year olds today first of all there are some very big ones they're mature enough to make some very serious crimes and i think anybody who's a teacher in that profession can see kids minds change over time and initially it's very small and, and minor offenses, but they rapidly go into more mature things and more make more mature and bad decisions as they get older. That's just humanity. That's how we are. Yes, we'd like to help 17-year-olds not pick that life of crime, but like I said on the floor yesterday, really, we've got to change some culture in the state before we can really stop that, and that starts with making sure we have intact families and fathers are present, but in the meantime, we've got to protect everybody else. we got to get the, the criminals off the street. And we've got, we do have programs I wanted to mention in a lot of these facilities, and some of them are very good. Uh, someone mentioned to me and uh, reminded me that we've got a, a drug rehab program in the Bozier system that has been enormously sex successful and nationally recognized. Those are the kind of things that we need to get. I know there'll be more legislation in the regular session to address these issues. But in the meantime, we've got to help the state. But like you said, you've got to reach them in order to change the 17-year-olds. You've got to reach them before they turn 17. That's for sure. And, you know, a lot of people pointed out in testimony that the programs in the, uh, the juvenile facilities really aren't appropriate to the 17-year-olds. You know, they have a different set of interests, they a different mind. And they're looking more for certification and, you know, get their high school diploma or whatever. And a lot of that is better done in the adult facility anyway. Can our juvenile lockups do a better job of reaching these younger kids that are 14, 15, of getting them better prepared to enter society and do better when they're released? I don't think anybody will ever argue we can't do a better job about something. Uh, and, and I'm full for that, I'm 100% behind it. Matter of fact, I think you can see from that 2016 passage that the, the vast majority of people are supportive of that idea. But sometimes the idea just doesn't pan out, out the way you hope. So we're gonna have to come up with a different way to, to reach these younger ones and get programs in the correctional facilities. Raymond Cruz, one more question, and I know this isn't the, the elephant in the room, and a lot of people will say this uh, you know, on a lot of these subjects, that in a lot of these cases, these young men grew up, and I'm talking about young teenage boys, grew up with no father figure in their home. Are y'all working on anything that can help address that? And, and can you? I mean, can a legislature do anything about right. that? How do you, right. How do you legislate a man has to stay and raise his children? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a wonderful question. And I tell you, we've pondered that on both sides of the aisle frequently is just how can you do that with law or are we just going to have to do a better job through churches and schools and whatnot to just encourage men to be men to step up and really recognize parenthood is a blessing it's a fantastic opportunity yes it's a great responsibility but i don't think anything's more rewarding state representative raymond cruz i know you got a meeting to run into we appreciate you joining us this morning Hey, thank you all. Thanks for getting the word out, and I appreciate everything you do. You bet. Thank you. 1017 FM, 710 Keel Aaron's News coming up next. Back with McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. I got to be honest, this, this day's kind of caught me off guard a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to kind of get emotional. I know. Over I an know. elected official. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sheriff Steve Prater uh, concluding his final day in office as Caddo Parish Sheriff uh, today. Mm -hmm. we, when we first called him this morning and he, Aaron said, well, what are you doing? I'm turning my keys into my truck. Yeah, that's what he said. God. That's what he said. And he would not go on the air to talk about no. him. No. We he said, I'm not coming on talking about me and telling my stories and what did I miss most, and I'm not going on and doing that. Not, we, not we, interested. We did convince him to join us to talk about his new job, mm -hmm. which 
again, that's not the last time we're going to talk with Steve Prater. Absolutely uh, not. In fact, I am going to have him come in at least one day mm-hmm. uh, while you're out here in the next couple of weeks and uh, co-host with me. And, and as he said in his own words, a little more unfiltered. Boy. <laughs> which, Can which, he get more unfiltered? To, right. <laughs> Uh, we've, you and I both have been getting texts, uh, Steve Prater stories and, and just accolades. Uh, and I got a text from a swim coach here in town, mm-hmm. Butch Jordan. Uh, he was cost city of Shreveport swim team for, of which my daughter swam for years. Right. Before she went to college at Auburn to swim for Auburn and, and Micah, uh, set several state records and, uh, went to national championships and uh, coach Jordan said, Sheriff Prater used to send congratulatory notes to me for our kids that went to nationals and junior nationals. Wow. When he read in the paper or saw it in the news, <gasps> he would send messages to the coach Jeez. congratulating them. Mm. Uh, Butch said, so Micah and company got congrats from him back in the day. That's incredible. I would like you to go send a message on the Keel Facebook page. Um, where I put the note to call in. Well, we're not taking calls anymore, but leave a message because we have one person who put a message on our page that um, said, quote, thank God that worthless sheriff is leaving. <laughs> Perhaps you feel differently than that person um, and you might want to let them know that you disagree. Uh, it's on the Keel Facebook page and you can go scroll down, see the little red note where I talked about calling in. That's where the message was put. And folks are starting to tell him he's wrong. But, um, you know, I don't have anything to, and I've worked with Steve Prater for, you know, a long, long time, uh, going back to the early 80s. And I don't have a story that I can recall no. where he, you know, where there was any scandal. Any big, you know, brouhaha involving Prater. I remember the only thing I remember was when he was uh, um, named police chief by Hazel Beard. There was a little bit of a kerfuffle in the department because she promoted a sergeant. It was way beyond the expectations that a sergeant could move that high up. You know that quickly, and that caused a little bit of a kerfuffle in the department. And and I, when we had Justice Creighton on earlier this morning, and I made the point, the, the, the reason that there was just something different about Steve Prater. There was there was something special as mm-hmm. a law enforcement officer, but also as a person, yep. as a man. And Hazel Beard would say that later. She would say, "I saw something in him yes. that I knew he was a leader." I knew he would bring change to the department that was needed. Integrity. Absolutely. And he, you know, he was, he is a man of integrity. We're not, he's not gone. No, I know. We're, it's, it's, this isn't an obituary. <laughs> we're still going to run into him in the grocery store, you know, squeezing the apples or whatever he does. Does he squeeze apples? I don't know. <laughs> Who squeezes apples? <laughs> Nobody squeezes apples. Nobody squeezes apples. Okay. <laughs> what fruits do you squeeze? Who knows? I guess you're not supposed to squeeze any fruits, Don't are you? You're supposed fruit. to Leave squeeze the Charmin. <laughs> He's squeezing the Charmin. Okay, I'm sorry, Steve, if I've accused you of squeezing fruits. We could phrase that a little bit differently, couldn't we? <laughs> Should we wrap it up now? And on that note, <laughs> make it a great leap go. day. 101.7 <laughs> FM, 710 Keel.